Hi everyone, Chris Torres here from the Tourism Marketing Agency and welcome to another Digital Tourism Show. In this episode, I have the pleasure of speaking with Emma Jamieson of the Edinburgh Dungeon. Now, me and Emma had a great online chat where we spoke about how she and her team come up with some amazing award-winning campaigns and ideas to market her business. Now, this was filmed just as lockdowns were happening here in the UK. So she's going to discuss a little bit of how she thinks that the future will hold for the Edinburgh Dungeon and how they will get past this crisis going forward. So if anyone who runs uh, an activity like the Edinburgh Dungeon, this is an episode you certainly do not want to miss. So again, welcome to the Digital Tourism Show, episode 239. So I have to say thanks, uh, thanks again so much for for um, joining us, Emma. It's, um, we're hoping obviously to do this in person, uh, yep. <laughs> in, terms of, in terms of the Travel Massive Group, but uh, and the Travel Massive Community. But no, I appreciate you taking the time to do this as a, as an online chat. Thank you. <laughs> I'm very happy to do it. <laughs> I'm glad we can do it like this as well. Yes. Uh, so um, first off, um, you guys are, 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 have reached 20 years in business, so congratulations on that. Um, but, but for those who don't know anything about the Edinburgh Dungeon or yep. yourself, do you want to just get a little bit more background about yourself and, and, and the business? Sure. So um, I'll start with the Dungeon. Um, so the Edinburgh Dungeon is one of 11 dungeons around the world, eight of which are in the UK. Um, and it's a bit of an odd one to describe but because we're quite unique we're an underground walking tour of sorts um with live actors live performances theatrical sets special effects and rides um Mm. to tell the dark history um and kind of gruesome murky and disgusting side of um a city's past um, so whichever city a dungeon is located in, um, the stories will relate to that city. Um, it's very gallows humour. There's a lot of tongue in cheek. Um, our approach is to take historical fact and real stories from a place, for example, Edinburgh, um, but deliver them in our own kind of style, which is very much um, fast paced, a lot of humour, a local banter. Uh, we're kind of trying to be the alternative to the sort of traditional history tour or museum. Um, so obviously the Edinburgh Dungeon focuses on all the fantastic history in Edinburgh, of which there is tons and a lot of it's quite gruesome. Yeah. There's a lot of ghosts and plague and dark alleyways. So it's it's a great city for this kind of product. Um, I've been marketing manager there for pretty much two years, um, which feels like longer. (laughs) Um, And my background is travel and hospitality. Um, I've done some PR, um, some marketing. I've worked restaurants, bars, hotels, tourism boards. Um, This is my first tourist attraction. So it was new when I started and that's that's been really fun. Um, And Edinburgh has been a really fun city to do it in. Yeah. yeah. So a, a strong background in hospitality, which obviously you can take into the uh, into what you do just now. So. Yeah. Yeah. You you've seen the other side of it, so now you can do it. <laughs> but I think the hospitality thing is it's 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 a great thing to have because it means customer is always front of mind. 
it's always about the guests. It, does, it doesn't matter if you're marketing or any, any other role. If you've worked in hospitality where everyone around you is 150% focused on what the guest wants, needs, is feeling, you kind of approach things in a certain way, which I think has been one really valuable thing to bring to the role. So, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. But obviously, um, I want this, uh, this whole chat to be positive and offer good positive advice. But I have to ask, obviously, we're all going through the, the coronavirus crisis at the moment. Oh, yeah. It's a topic. It's a topic we can't get away from, unfortunately. Um, so, how, how are you, well, personally, how are you coping? How's how, how are you keeping your 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 customers entertained in terms of anyone who's interested in the end of the dungeon, etc.? So how, how are you guys coping with it all just now? So we, I'll start with the brand. Um, mm. So we. Uh, Officially as a business, um, I'm talking Merlin, the, the, mm -hmm. the bigger brand that owns the Dungeons brand, um, yep. start, has some a lot of business in China, in fact. So actually, Merlin has been experiencing this longer than mm -hmm. we have here. Um, yep. That's been helpful because it means they were very prepared. Um, they already had scenarios in place. There was a lot of planning. There was an understanding of what may or may not be coming. Um, from a dungeon and local level, we uh, unfortunately had to close doors on the 18th of March. Uh, a lot of people will be in exactly the same boat. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, we it's one of those things you try and you try and carry on, but you it's always people first, always people first, guest staff. Um, and when it got to the point where we couldn't realistically deliver a product and guarantee everyone's safety, you, that's when we shut down. Yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, people-wise, people people got it. You know, we, we were all seeing it. We, we, a lot of us have friends or colleagues in different tourism businesses. Mm -hmm. um, our actors have other actor friends around the city who obviously, you know, with theatres closing and things, were in similar boat. So I think there's been a lot of solidarity, which has been helpful, and the community's been really... Um, it's a very compassionate community because it's quite a small tourism community in Edinburgh, which means everyone talks to each other and everyone's very, you know, got each other's backs, which was good. Um, personally, we're a really small team. Um, the actors are a sort of tight-knit group, but management team, which I would sit within, um, there's five or six of us, six of us. So we are very tight-knit. Um, yep. And I think, you know, everything... I think we just feel like we're a little family and, and we all kept in touch. We're all still in touch. Um, and I think there's a lot of appreciation that people have their own stuff going on. Everyone's dealing with this their own way. Um, no one has the answers. And that's, yeah, I, that's been recognized, I think. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we all check in on each other. Um, it's a, it's a very bizarre. I think we've just gone through the first week of lockdown. So I think this is like the shock and awe week, as I call it, where we're all yeah. really discombobulated. And most of the week has been spent trying to understand technology, like basic things, technology. How do I access this folder and the nuts and bolts? And, that, and that's the day. And then the evening is, oh, my God, news overload. What's going on? I think over the weekend... There was the settling in <laughs> of the okay, so this is the reality now. Um, so this week we started the week with a team call, everyone checking how was you, you know, how are we all dealing with this? Uh, and yeah. so I'm, I'm hoping 
we'll, we'll muddle through. <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah. we'll take it day by day. Yeah, it's, it's uh, not to put that down on it, but it's, yeah. it's almost like go through the, the the stages of grief. There's an initial yeah. shock period. There's an initial shock true, period, yeah. and then you then you start going into the sad period. I'm sure yeah. anger will come into it at some point oh, further down the line. For sure. So, um, um, sorry, you asked about the brand. I, I completely skipped the question about what we're doing as a brand. Um, very important. No, we... Um, so we're very much focusing on sort of social and digital. Obviously, people are at home. That's the platforms they're on. Um, we've kind of developed a bank of content just uh, sort of two different audiences we've got kids stuck at home suddenly being homeschooled in in as best a way as can be achieved um, I know that very well <laughs> I my heartfelt admiration to anyone who can do that um so we we've developed sort of a, a bank of content the, the dungeon in itself as fun as we are, and yes, we're known for being tongue-in-cheek and, and not so serious, um, we do base everything we do on history and fact. Mm-hmm. Um, so schools have always been an audience for us, uh, school-age kids. So thankfully, we have a lot of material, uh, which we've kind of tweaked. So we've developed a page on our website for parents to access that's got downloadable worksheets, activities, um, very loosely tied into the curriculum. We're not aiming to replace the homeschooling. We're just there to be a sort of fun breakout thing kids can do that still has relevance. And then on the other side, the sort of second bank of content is very much Instagram, Twitter, meme-based, doodle challenges, um, you know, draw your own dungeon character using Instagram stories, uh, we'll vote for the best one, things like that. Um, Things to keep people occupied and keep people talking about us, but also just bring some fun, um, which is really what people need, Uh, a bit of entertainment. And then there's the sort of wider Merlin project uh, for all the Merlin brands, um, because we share a lot of the same audiences, Sea Life, Lego Discovery Center, there's a lot of crossover. So we're kind of there's a project to pool all the resources under the umbrella of making magic with Merlin to share ideas. There's a content bank we can feed into. There's assets we can adapt. That's proved vital. Uh, <laughs> just because a lot of people right now don't really have time to come up with amazing creative things. So it's just nice to have this portal we can all access and just make yeah. lots of resource. So yeah, that's where we're at. No, I think it's a, I think it's a, a <laughs> answer. No, it's something we, um, for the, through the materials I've been putting out recently and informing our own customers, is because I had people saying to me, "Should should you stop marketing?" I'm going, "No, this. No, Most no. people are stuck in their homes. They're stuck in their destinations. Yeah. They've got more time. They'll be surfing the web more. This is the time to inspire them from when when you Absolutely. are able to go back out. You know, so it's, it's you've got a captive audience that you're never going to have a captive audience like this ever again. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, completely so. agree. No, it's true, yeah. and I think it's also it's it's being clever with your marketing. I think it's it's easy to panic and think, oh my god, well I can't spend money, so I can't do marketing. It's like no, no, you can. There are so many free tools now, um, and and also be honest with your audience. You know, if you're mm-hmm. p- people will forgive a company that maybe isn't massively digital savvy but gives it a bash always yeah. with empathy like you know what we're trying something because we love you we love our followers and we love our customers here's here's something we're trying that will go 
such a long way in retaining empathy and also, you know, people will remember you as the funny brand that kept them entertained. Whereas if you just stop everything, you're gone. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I can't. I can't agree yeah. more. I can't agree more. So let's get uh, let's get into more of our positive vibes. So that's uh, in terms of in terms of uh, what you guys do for marketing the dungeons. What what would you say has been your favourite campaign to date? And it does not necessarily need to be the most successful, but it's been something that's really excited you in terms of what you've done. Um, predictably, it is the one that was the most successful. <laughs> um, it was the most fun, but also it was the first thing I worked on when I joined, um, and it was. A little bit chaotic at the start because I I joined the dungeon in like first week of June in 2018, and our summer campaign was starting the third week of June 2018. So I was learning the company and doing handover and launching this campaign all in this crazy period. And I just moved to Edinburgh, so it was all a bit crazy. Um, but a lot of work had been done. It's not like I did it all. Um, a lot of really good brand work had been done. But this is our Bravehearts revenge campaign. And it was during the summer that Indie Ref was obviously a huge topic. Um, and the show was going to be William Wallace, Braveheart. That was our key character who, apart from being super iconic, is also... You could always call him like the poster child to instigate debate <laughs> if you want. Yeah. Um, and so for me to come along and sort of pick this up, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, this is going to be fun. Um, the campaign was very much, the show in itself was not the most mind bogglingly wild and new crazy show. Um, it was a ghost story you were being told the story of William Wallace by his ghost. That was essentially it, nuts and bolts, and there was a couple of jump scares and that's it. Um, but we built a whole backstory behind it to get people talking um, and get Scots engaged, get school children engaged. Um, and because it was launching in summer, we needed someone that would appeal to tourists as well. And if you don't know who William Wallace is, you definitely know Mel Gibson in Braveheart. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> he had the double appeal. Um, He's recognizable as a figure almost universally to all our target audiences. So it was the perfect figurehead to go with. Um, also, he's called William. So we could call him Willie. And we're the dungeon. And we do silly, dirty humor. So there was <laughs> endless fun to be had on that side as well, uh, shamelessly. Um, so we could kind of go with a, a multi-tiered... Um, campaign um you know with the school kids we did a we did a poll um we worked with a, a polling company um to basically ask arrange i think we we polled 1500 people across scotland between i think it was sort of 18 and 45 about how they learnt history in school in scotland and how much they remembered. Um, and the whole goal was to sort of say, Scottish people don't even know who their national hero is. Should we replace St. Andrew's Day with a national William Wallace Day to really cement him in the mind? Um, the poll actually said, uh, yes, we should, <laughs> which was great. Um, <laughs> that worked in our favour. So we went on a bit of a, we, we staged all these political campaigns um, to kind of vote for a national <laughs> William Wallace Day to replace St. Andrew's. No one knows 
or cares who he is. Mm -hmm. That was the whole point. Um, so we had our William Wallace character on a horse uh, in front of the Herald offices in Glasgow with a loudspeaker heckling them. We had all our actors <laughs> on the Royal Mile handing out petition forms and heckling people in the street. Um, we had William Wallace on the tram asking English people arriving uh, in Scotland for their passports. We staged a whole load of really fun stunts. Um, and yes, it was divisive and it could, we had a few Facebook comments we had to sort of manage. <laughs> but the point was people were talking and people were really engaging with it. And it was all done very much in the spirit of fun. So to take a show that is for us not news news, it's a little bit of news, but it's, it's about the story you tell outside of that and getting people excited. Um, and you know, we did a contest to find the best Willie in Scotland, which I also thought was great. <laughs> uh, we got our William character on video um, to do a shout out, and you had to send yourself dressed as William Wallace and give your best freedom shout. And we would select the best 12 and put them into a calendar uh, at the end of the year. Um, funnily enough, we didn't get loads of entries. <laughs> But the campaign went completely viral um, online. We had so many people share it. Um, and I think it just kind of cemented Dungeons brand in a nutshell. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Slightly silly, a little bit tongue-in-cheek, a little bit risque, but actually still based on something real yeah. um, that is relevant. So, yeah, very proud of that. <laughs> it sounds like a lot of fun. So, so what's, your, what's your processes for going, coming up with ideas like that? Is it very much a team effort? Is it down to just yeah. yourself? No, how, how do how do you guys come up with these sort of ideas? Um, it's very team, um, very much a team. Um, and I think one of the great things we have at the dungeon is um, so our performance manager Lindsay, who is the magical woman who writes all our scripts and. Uh, basically she develops the shows um, and manages all the actors um, and she's been working there I don't want to get this wrong but let's just say a greater part of the 20 years um, so she knows the dungeons inside out she knows all the stories she knows her history like nobody's business um, she's got the humor down pat um, and all she knows all the characters so as a resource she's amazing um I will bring the marketing angle to it. Um, mm -hmm. but also just generally the team behind it, the operations, the actors themselves, they bring the humor, they bring the the guts, I guess. So what tends mm -hmm. to happen is we discuss the shows based on more um what I would say commercial angle. You look at, you know, is it summer? Is it tourists? Okay, it needs to be a recognizable historical figure. Uh, you can't go too obscure. Or is it Halloween? Okay, it needs to be really scarier and have universal appeal. Versus is it January? We're targeting locals. No one else is coming. Um, so we can afford to do like a Deacon Brody or someone a bit more obscure or lesser known. Mm -hmm. um, and then it's a case of, you know, you look at budgets and everything else then we go we'll have a team throw around we'll literally just sit in the office um computers off and we'll just powwow and it will be two hours of throwing ideas around nothing is too stupid 
Um, we usually come out with a list of about 30 things. Um, sometimes we work with a PR agency, sometimes we don't. Um, it really depends how big we want to scale up the campaign. Um, but essentially, we tend to try and do a, a less is more. So maybe three big ideas around whatever the show mm -hmm. or the, the idea is um, and deliver them really well. Um, and then we work with our partners. So once we once we know what the show is going to be and we know what the, the sort of three angles are going to be, um, then we look to our partners to help us promote it. Um, and that's something we do. I think I like to think we do really well. We have a really nice tight knit. And again, this, this works really well in Edinburgh because it's a small community and it's also really uh, helpful. All the attractions in Edinburgh look out for each other, all the businesses, the pubs, the bars, the restaurants. Um, so you get really good word of mouth if you have good contacts um, yep. in Edinburgh, I find. It's a lot harder in London, let me tell you. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, so there's there's no, like, one way, but I think it's always it's always very much time of year. Who are we, who are we speaking to? It's marketing 101, really. Who are we speaking to? Um and I'd love to say budget, but we usually don't have a lot. So we are used to being quite creative and we use our actors to their most. Uh, we have the most amazing asset in that we have 30 actors and they are the living, breathing dungeon. Um, so it's all the special effects you need really is, is them. We can send them out in character. If you do a photo shoot, they know what they're doing. You don't have to direct them or brief them. They just, they're on. Uh, if we do radio interviews, they can do them in character on the spot. Like they are such an amazing asset. So we try and use them as much as we can um, yeah. to showcase them. They're the product ultimately. So, yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. So uh, you, you said uh, obviously you create a, a a large list of of, of ideas and things. Like that. Is, is there anything on those lists that you feel I wish we actually did do that, but never made saw the light of day? Is there anything that comes there, uh, Quite a few. Um, there was one we really wanted to do, and um, it's in the bag. So hold, hang on, hang tight because it might happen. Um, <laughs> when we were uh, so we sponsored. Um, the uh, LGBT youth stage at Edinburgh Pride last year. It, it was a little bit last minute, and we we didn't have a lot of budget for it. So it was quite it was quite sort of basic sponsorship, uh, advert logo, uh, shout outs on social, whatever. Um, then for this year, um, it's, it's now not happening, but <laughs> it might be postponed. We don't know. But um, one idea we had given that this year we would have allocated more time uh, and money towards it was um, Mary Queen of Scots is one of our most popular shows that we've ever run. Um, she's also a fantastic character. Everyone knows Queen of Scots. Then we had the movie in January. So there's even more of a, a knowledge of her. And we had this big thing to sort of have um, the Queens of Scotland um which was all campaign ranging for everything from having the whole dungeon tour and drag to uh because RuPaul's drag race this this was when we were planning for last summer RuPaul's drag race was at its peak of popularity and quite a few of the contestants from the UK were doing cabaret in Edinburgh um over the summer 
uh, and we were really keen to get them involved, um, maybe transform our judge show into like a catwalk judge show, <laughs> judgy, judgy. Um, yeah. So we, we kind Classic. of thought that maybe for a couple of days during Pride, we could reinvent the dungeon and be like Scotland by Queens um, was mm. a whole, whole thing we were looking at. And obviously it didn't happen, but it, that idea is definitely tucked away somewhere that will be rethought <laughs> uh, for sure. Um, yeah, yeah. That, that's that sounds too good an idea not to not to do it. I'm going to have to laugh. To be fair. Yeah. <laughs> how, do, how do you think you're going? How do you think you guys are with everything that's going on just now? Um, how do you think you guys are going to market yourselves going forward? Do you think anything changed? Because the, the, I believe the landscape will change quite quite dramatically. I um, think once so. Places to, <clears throat> so. Do you think that's going to affect how you guys market the business? Absolutely. Um, gosh in so many ways that I think probably we don't even know yet um I think first and foremost um will be messaging um we're a tricky brand um when you start working at the dungeon uh especially anything to do with communications or marketing it's a really fun brand to work on because you can have fun you can be tongue-in-cheek you can be a little bit naughty but that also brings with it a whole load of pitfalls. If you get it wrong, it can go very wrong. <laughs> um, so it's a very delicate game to play and you do have to be very, very careful. We never, ever go out with offence as a as a, uh, a goal, for sure. Yeah. Um, and I think... <clears throat> given the scenario at the moment and everything people are experiencing and we're just at the start, you know, that I think we're all in, in this for the long haul. It's the idea that we can just switch on with the usual tone of voice. And given that we deal daily with death, plague, disease, murder, um, gruesome topics. Um, yeah we would never temper ourselves traditionally we'd never be the the brand that restrains itself but that will by default mm -hmm. have to change you know people are people are going to come out of this if they're not already and we're week one or two you know there's going to be such a degree of anxiety and i think very heightened sensitivity and we we don't know how people are going to be feeling and yes we want to still be that brand and the fun and we're here to entertain but we also need to we had this conversation last week, you know, what show are we going to reopen with? Well, for sure, it's not going to be a plague show, mm. um, which in, in any yeah. other circumstance would for us be a big hit. Um, and that's just neither appropriate nor, you know, you just wouldn't. So, and, and that will engender a bigger debate down the line, you know, how long do you wait before it's okay to talk about certain topics in a certain way? Um, so I think from a, from a messaging point of view, there'll definitely be a lot of conversation about approaching a lot of the topics that we deal with. At the same time, we don't want to negate history. There was a plague in Edinburgh. That's not that's a historical fact. It, there was a plague yeah. around the world. Uh, it's, it's very well documented. It's not a lie. So it, it's finding the balance to make sure that we're not appearing insensitive and not striking the wrong tone at the wrong time, which is not where we want to be. Um, I think the other thing is, if we've learned anything from this is, um, 
it's it's going to shift to more online. I'm I'm very digitally heavy in terms of what I like doing and what I what I believe in. Um, but I think you know we're all we're all online twenty four seven now anyway. But I think what this has really shown is people are going to be spending even more time online. They're going to, new technologies are going to come out with this. I have no doubt. All these creators yeah. stuck at home for 12 weeks who may have no jobs. And now, you know, this after the financial crash, we got so many new businesses came out of nowhere and amazing, innovative things. I can only imagine that's going to repeat itself. And, and we need to be ahead of the curve and, and understanding that we need to potentially move to more short term and not planning ahead so much. We do a lot of out of home. Um and, you know, when you plan something 12 months ahead, it makes it a lot harder to suddenly have to switch something on and yeah. off. And I think a lot of businesses will come out with this and go, I think out of home companies will have to adapt as well. So it will be a, a, a two way, a two way street. Um, but for sure, it'll, everything will probably now switch to a lot more uh, any any form of marketing that can be switched on off rapidly respond to things rapidly will, will be the primary mm -hmm. primary channel i think uh, yeah i agree i i, I certainly think the uh, and it's the way we are sort of approaching it as marketing strategies you now you can't mm -hmm. you, you can't really plan anything more than six months i don't know the very most six months chunks in case yeah another crisis happens or something happens for either, yeah. it allows you to then react a lot quicker etc yeah i like to point about new, new technologies and the way things uh, people are are going to change though we spoke just before we came on air about how, how your mother's starting to use you no know, <laughs> the, the chats live chats yeah. like this you know, the, a lot of the older demographic are, are going to be opening up facebook accounts now just to keep oh in touch with the families and friends and everything yeah. else so if, if, if anything comes out of this we're going to be even more online uh, as you yeah. said so and um, we at the dungeon, I, a lot of people don't realize this, um, and it's it's Edinburgh Dungeon specifically versus some of the other dungeons in the UK, is our demographic is a little bit older, in fact, quite a bit older than the average. Um, we get a lot of 40, 50, 60 in the midweek. And I think people don't realize this, but we do, um, Edinburgh's an affluent city. There's quite mm -hmm. a bit of disposable income. Um, we got a lot of older people come with their grandkids or they come as groups we get you know groups in their 50s will come yeah. for a bit of fun um i think a lot of people think the dungeon is still very much all kids or teenagers and actually we see a, a slightly old so everything we do is targeted to that and i think to date we've erred on the side of caution maybe by because of that age group we've thought more oh is it more out of home and print and the traditional chat it's it's not it's definitely not going to be at the end of this you know there will be blogging yeah. facetiming and zooming and and we need to be there <laughs> so yeah 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 that's for sure that's for sure um so i'm going to finish off and i, I sure. wish the chat was working because i know I, I could probably hear people in, in the back of my psyche somewhere saying i've got questions i've got questions so i apologize to anyone watching that the chat function is not working we'll try and sort that out for the next time but i know i always like to finish off with um giving our listeners and our watchers some piece of advice Ooh. so what would be what for, for those who are listening and watching yeah. what would be the one form of advice you, you would give to other business owners whether they are in activities or not in terms of marketing yeah. of something that they should be doing now or, or a piece of advice that they could be doing to to better their business going forward in terms of marketing whether it's after the crisis or not yeah um i think 
relevant now, especially, but just any time really is um, be consistent and be true to your brand. Um, there's always the temptation, especially now because we're at home and we're online more and we're seeing everyone and their sister on TikTok doing funny videos and this, that, and the other. There's the temptation, I think, for companies who are maybe suddenly thrown for a loop and going, I don't know what to communicate to be like, okay, I need to join TikTok or I need to make funny videos or I you don't. Um, it suits some people. I think if you're, if you're an established, actually, if you're any brand, be who you are. Um, this is a short-term scenario in the big scheme. And at the end of the day, the brands that we all know and love that are our day-to-day -day brands that we go to never made it into those household names by wanting to be a, a please all to everybody. But also they didn't just jump on every bandwagon. Um, we shop at the same brands and we go to the same uh, museums and we go to this because we respect that brand for always being what we remember them for. I'm not saying don't innovate. I just think talk to your customers the same way you did before. You are still your brand. It's just a case of adapting what you're saying. Mm -hmm. um, but don't change how you're saying it. You know, if you're a small family run business with three people, um, People probably love you because you're a family and they can empathize with that. And they've got to know, you know, who the family members are and the dog. Um, you don't need to change that. Um, maybe yeah. instead of selling your product, you just do a bit of it. You know what? Here's the dog being a bit silly on Zoom because <laughs> we're all at home. And people will, people will identify with that, but also they will remember that you are still that brand. That's who you are. Um, so I think it's a consistency. Don't don't feel you need to wildly readapt your brand because for six months the world is a bit different. Um, and be true to you. I think. <laughs> no, I I can't say it, but again, that's that's what I always install. It's 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 a good way to humanize your brand. It's just by yeah. being yourself. Don't try to be someone else. No, it's yeah. quite funny. You mentioned there, you no know, bringing the dog in and zoom and stuff. No, uh, my, my wife's probably <laughs> going to be this, but but probably. But, but we were, my wife was having a meeting yesterday. Um, she's an architect, so she was having a meeting with her boss, and yeah. uh, it was the first team meeting. It was the first time we all used Zoom, though, so we're getting used to it. And all you could hear is in the background is my four-year-old son shouting. Mummy, I've done a poo. So that was across the whole, the oh, whole, uh, the whole chat. Or like, and I've just gone. This is people's lives for the next few months. So it's just like, it, it doesn't matter anymore. It really does not matter. It's just, it's just embracing who you are, showing who the real people, uh, yeah. and showing your personalities and everything else. And that's what helps sell your brand at the end of the day. So. People will empathize. Also, no one wants anyone yeah. to fail. Like that. Ultimately, yeah. no, no one ever proactively goes out of their way to wish you to fail. So if you show a bit of frailty, people will be like, oh man, that could be me. You know, mm -hmm. they're, they're gonna completely sympathize. Yeah, for sure. 99.9% .9 of the time. You know what? Don't, don't dedicate your time to them. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Focus on the people who, 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 uh, who really appreciate what you do. Absolutely, yeah. So, Emma, I can't thank you enough. I appreciate thank you taking you. time. I have to say, uh, just, uh, just as a caveat, I have to say that 
um, especially the Edinburgh Dungeon, I think because of the, the the mentality of Scottish people and just Scotland in general, I think you guys will bounce back even if you don't take ourselves too seriously. So you could probably talk about plagues and everything else, and it probably won't matter to anyone up here. Um, so uh, we're not there's a lot of other places and people. So um, I'm sure I'll be okay. I'm sure you guys will, will strive strive after this as well. But no, I appreciate the time. Um, hopefully, Thank at you. some point we can. We do stuff like this again, but face to face in front of everyone. Um, and apologise again to everyone that we don't have a live chat. Uh, so, but Emma, thank you so much for your time, and I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you very, very much. Cheers. Yeah. <laughs>